Welcome to the Parsha Perspective. Each week, we will delve deep in a weekly Torah portion to find a practical and insightful way to enhance your daily life. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Rabbi Shalom Yemini, and each week we'll look into the weekly Torah portion to find practical and insightful ways to enhance your daily life. This week's Parsha Perspectives in honor of the Rafuba Shalema of Rahama Leah Basar. This week's Parsha Perspectives in honor of my grandfather, Rev Yehuda ben Rev Aaron, as well as Leah Mencha Basak of Yasef, Edward ben Ephraim, Shlomo ben Edward, and Yerchmil Daniel ben Gedalia. May their souls be uplifted and may their memories be a blessing. This week's Torah portion is a double Torah portion as we end the fourth book of the Torah, Sefer Pemidbar, Parshas Matos, and Maase. Our parshas begin with Moshe Rabbeinu teaching the leaders of each tribe many laws concerning vows and promises. He teaches them how to make and annul a vow and under which circumstances a person can cancel a vow made by another. God then instructed Moshe Rabbeinu to retaliate against Midian for sending their women to make the Jewish people sin. Moshe Rabbeinu gathered 1,000 soldiers from each tribe and anointed Pinchas the priest to lead the attack against Midian. The Jewish army emerged victoriously and killed their kings and every fighting age male, including Bilam, the non-Jewish prophet who tried to curse the Jewish nation. When the soldiers returned from battle, they gave Moshe an exact total of their spoils of war and divided it equally amongst themselves. However, a question comes to mind. Towards the end of the Parshas, Moshe Rabbeinu designates six cities of refuge for those who mistakenly kill another person. They must move and remain in this city of refuge until the death of the current Kohen Gadol, the current high priest. But why is the life of the high priest attached to the freedom of a person who killed accidentally? What is the connection between the Kohen Gadol and the city of refuge? Rashi, Rav Shlomo Yitzchaki, the leading Torah commentary, answers this question with a simple explanation. He writes that when the Kohen Gadol enters the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holies of Holies, each Yom Kippur, he prays for the nation's welfare. He asks that there will be plentiful rain and grain, and that no woman shall have a miscarriage, and the kingship should stay in the tribe of Yehuda. Rashi explains that within that prayer is a blessing that no misfortune, trouble, or disaster befall the Jewish nation. But an accidental death is a catastrophe that has lasting impact on the nation, contrary to the Kohen Gadol's prayers. And since his prayers are indirectly connected to this event, his life is also attached to the city of refuge. However, the Rabbeinu Bachaya, Rav Bach ibn Usher, a famous Spanish commentary, gives a deeper and more profound explanation. He writes that the connection between the high priest, between the Kohen Gadol and the city of refuge is twofold. First, the duration of the Kohen Gadol's position was usually over 20 years, and during this time, the pain and the suffering should decrease to the point of the person not seeking retribution against those who killed accidentally. And secondly, when the Kohen Gadol passes away, the entire nation goes into a state of mourning, into a state of sadness. And according to the Rabbeinu Bachaya, these feelings should evoke a sense of solidarity as they mourn their nation's spiritual leader. These emotions should eliminate the desire to seek retribution and cause even more death within the nation. The Rabbeinu Bachaya maintains that the Kohen Gadol is not only necessary, but essential to the unity, to the harmony of the people. His position as the nation's representative before God should evoke a spirit of humility and holiness as he prays for the Jewish people. This profound lesson is ever more relevant as we are in a period of mourning for the destruction of both temples of both Batimikdash in Jerusalem. 
These three weeks are a time of solidarity and connection as we mourn the loss of God's physical homes. We must let go of nonsensical grudges, judgments, and resentments for a greater purpose, being God's children and God's chosen nation. In our daily life, it is imperative to realize that a significant aspect of being truly happy is not allowing hate to stay in our heart. We must remove all animosity, all hostility and hatred before the effect and change our golly and unique perspective. Whether right or wrong, deeply resenting or hating someone primarily affects our happiness and our well-being. We begin to live off that dark energy and do things we never thought we were even capable of doing. But suppose we don't allow hate and animosity to seep into our heart, we begin to realize that real happiness is a choice. In fact, the harder it is not to hate, the more we experience God's love despite our many imperfections. There's a powerful quote by Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs. Sometimes it seems as if we have just enough religion to make us hate another and not enough to make us love one another. But the answer to that is more faith, not less. Faith in a God who asks us to love others as He loves us. Have a great weekend and good Shabbos. Thank you for tuning in to The Parsha Perspective. Check out our website, theparshaperspective.com. Send thoughts and comments to theparshaperspective at gmail.com. Till next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.